And we are live again, Respirious Worldwide, hosted by myself, back with Hangman, Joe Hulbert, back again, Weekend Recap, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, got some good stuff to get into, but you know, first things first, please like, subscribe, send any super chats, any questions, any takes, turn on the post notifications, uh, hope everyone's doing good, starting off the week, starting with my fellow co-host, Joe Hulbert, what's going on? Absolutely nothing, morning, absolutely, as you know, um... Collision wasn't on this weekend, so I took the time to recover. It's tough. <laughs> yeah, I stepped away from the sport of professional wrestling, so as a result, I lead with an apology. I am woefully prepared for this program. No clue what I'm going to say for the next hour and a half, but I'm here to support my friends. That's what a team player does. Um, if you want to talk movies, I can do that. Maybe a little bit of world class, but if you want to talk about modern wrestling, I'm mostly going to be nodding a lot today. So, Nonetheless, excited <laughs> to be here. It's Worldwide Day. Um Hopefully another great house ahead of us, brother. You'll still put some points up, I think. I think know. so. Just by default, beat, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some offensive boards. <laughs> some How's the injury? It's, it's okay. That's been an issue too, you know. It's like, you know, do I really want to put myself, my, my, my eyes through the strain of watching professional wrestling on a legal version of something? Not really. I could <laughs> I could watch a film award show instead from a distance. So that's where I'm at. Um, but I'll be, I'm, I'm getting there, folks. I'm getting there. I think by the end of this week, I'll be, I'll be golden. We just, uh, we need Hulbert back to 100%, you know. Yeah. That's what we need, people. Anyway, Ibu, I woke yep. up this morning. <laughs> you was in the middle of controversy yet again. So, would you like to explain yourself so you can kind of uh, try and reduce this fine that you're inevitably going to get? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, man, I uh, I did another space. <laughs> and the recent trend with these things now, guys, is they start off very innocuous and very innocent and and chill and casual. And usually our main group of friends will be in these things for the first hour, hour and a half. And it's it's wholesome wrestling discussion. And as we start getting to around 2 in the morning, these things start to morph. People start going to sleep. The Chris's and Rob's of the world go to bed or go to play their video games. The women go to sleep. And all of a sudden, we start getting just the strangest guests you've ever seen. Someone described it, Monty and, and Joe. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the show, but they said that backup hangman spaces have the narrative structure of a regular show episode. And... Uh, yeah, we start off in the park and then we go to outer space. And next thing you know, I'm playing. I'm having a, a karate match with a with a with an anthropomorphic bird. You know, so it's I don't know what's happening. That's... That that's what the show watch regular show. So <laughs> the point is, uh, yeah, you know, porn stars joined to just express their opinions on the world. Zubaz did Zubaz things. Uh, asking said stars about their knowledge of uh, '90s shoot style Japanese wrestling. Um, we had a guest appearance by the one and only who hotter than top dollar, who just kind of, um, treated this like it was an RF video shoot. Uh, in fact, uh, someone, uh, uh, my good buddy, Rich Lada literally tweeted, he said, Ibu spaces are the new RF video shoots where we're just kind of chatting. And I don't know if that's, uh... you want to be really careful. With that, bro, <laughs> I don't right? think that's a name you want to touch to anything no, you're doing, you know? Uh... Because that makes you RF, and that's not yeah, I know, that's, that's where we want to go. That's not what we need, you know. That's not the yeah. words that well, we need to be spreading around here. The crazy theories. thing about it, Joe, is you'll be in these, you'll be in the middle of this casual discussion, and a realization will set in, not for the person saying these things, but for the host, which would be me. 
mean midway i'm like this is gonna make a lot of headlines <laughs> it's like oh boy it rules man i mean i this morning like i was doing stuff while you guys were doing the space and people just tweet about the space without any context so it's like i have no idea what's happening but people my whole feed was about the space Right, and then on Reddit, I got a Reddit link for you guys later. Full recap of Ibu Space with Top Dollar, <laughs> and and uh, and and Ao's telling me he was like, "Yo, bro," I said, "What?" Because I was because I was saying the other night, I was like, "I hope this doesn't like be." Is that was not a thing the next day? I hope like no one like even thinks about it. And I woke up and I was like, "Ah, shit." Uh, Ao's like, he approached me. He's like, "Yo, bro," I was like, "What is this?" Your Reddit recap has like five hundred comments and counting, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Monty, midway, I saw like. Like fightful mid carders just in the space lurking. I was like, oh, they're taking notes. Fightful mid carders is crazy, bro. Like, That's crazy. Like, oh my god. Um, at the end of it, we had a return of porn star Vani. This is a different porn. So this is the original one from a few weeks ago, and he resurfaced, and people were like, oh my god, it's Vani. He's back. And this person unmuted his mic and was like, who the fuck are y'all? What is this? And we were like, what the fuck? And he revealed to us that this page is run by his entire family, and he has a he comes from a long line of porn stars. And they're all uh, in this business together. And uh, it was either me or 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 or, uh, or, or my friend DZ who were like, "So y'all the porn bloodline? Like, what's going on here?" And uh, and Zubaz interjected and said, "So he's your father, Afa." Uh, but nevertheless, this was a very <laughs> this was a very <laughs> eventful space, um, a very interesting one. Um, oh my God, Monty, my buddy DZ got into an argument with Top Dollar. Like that was the beginning of his his introduction to the space. AJ Francis joins and uh, what's it called? My friend DZ goes, yo, so how's catering in TNA? AJ <laughs> is very insulted by this question and gives him a snarky answer. And it was just kind of like, there is no fucking catering. Like I, the only place that had catering was WWE. Da, da, da. And DZ was like, yo, watch your tone, man. Relax. I'm just asking a question. I'm making conversation. He's like, there's nothing to talk about with this stupid question you asked me. And then DZ was basically like, yo, he basically go fuck yourself. You know? and they, so they just start going back and forth arguing. And then I kid you not, within 10 minutes, it was like, listen, man, it's Black History Month. You don't need to be arguing here. That's, that's what they decided amongst themselves. And uh, they decided at the end of this whole thing that they're going to hang out and smoke. So uh, good for them. Good for, good for, good for happy ending for the for this episode of the space right uh yeah i don't know i don't know how many more I, more of these i could do but um had a lot of fun people seemed to enjoy it and i, I had a good weekend monty person there was no collision but that did leave me room to to watch fantastic mania the cmll new japan tour that's been happening and uh man atlantis jr is that fucking guy him and hechicero are big winners coming out of this tour and so uh, I enjoyed all that stuff, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to slipping that in anywhere I can in this in this following uh, ninety minute podcast. Yeah, you know, like you said, we had no collision this week. Very heartbreaking, you know. Trying to find other things to do with our lives, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> it's tough, you know. But um, you know, what? we're gonna start off with some super chats as we do traditionally. So keep them coming, and uh, we'll get. We'll get them read out as soon as we can. Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate it as always. No collision review, so I expect a 15-minute review of the NBA All-Star Weekend from Ibu instead. I'll give you one oh, minute. Thank you. I'll give you one minute, Darren. It, it, was, on. it was embarrassing, and as we say this every year, they need to revamp these All-Star Weekends because these athletes clearly don't actually care to give any effort. And what's the appeal in watching a basketball game where people are playing half-speed and not like doing anything? Uh, so the whole thing was embarrassing, and Saturday night was equally pretty bad, and the dunk contest was uh, 
was a sham. It was a showcase for a G League player. So uh, fuck the whole thing. We missed we missed collision for this, Joe. We we didn't get a win. Oh, it's bullshit, bro. For Scotty Barnes, fucking fumbling the ball around in the skills challenge. That was pretty funny, to be fair. But yeah. <laughs> so idiot. was it on? So that is that what was literally on TNT? No, couldn't yeah. have just moved. Couldn't have moved it to TBS. Oh, yeah, but I think boy. the idea is you don't want to take away from the big All Star Weekend showcase thing and whatever the fuck. Collision's old school too. Like back in the good old days, you got preempted, just wasn't on. You know, yeah. that's where. Uh, Collisions, retro. 100% would have been better than All Star Saturday Night. That was fucking awful. It's the same every year, bro. It's always that way. 2020, the All Star game was great. Right. But generally, it's been years since that thing was consistently good. It sucks. It's it's so bad. And then, like I said, the dunk contest stinks. The skills challenge is like, it's like, what am I watching? Like, they're like doing jungle gym exercises and shit. Scott with $2.79. We appreciate him. Says the celebrity game was better than the All Star game. Is that this true? Is this is true. Kai Sinat was told by Ruby Rose, the lovely Ruby Rose, uh, she asked him to please drop 30 points in the game, and he, he scored a, a whopping five, I believe. But uh, <laughs> he, did, he, did, uh, he did his best. Oh, if I was in Kai's position, I would have taken 40 shots and do what you do to, to reach that goal. Polish199, <laughs> appreciate you. Triple H and Steph actually divorced, question mark. I don't know. Know, that's, their, that's their personal business, hush, you know. You're my divorce lawyer. Zaid Maddy 499, appreciate you as always. Ibu, look up Cody's entrance in Be More on Baltimore on July 3rd. Crowd singing lyrics and children crying. Special baby face. Also, Gable versus Gunther WrestleMania 40 is a must. Uh, listen, Cody Rhodes is the best baby face in the world. July 3rd? Yeah, that's kind of that's a little bit far back. That's kind of crazy, bro. I thought you were talking about like a movie that's coming out or something. Yeah, like... Yeah. Be more on July 3rd. I was like, is this some sort of summer release? Code Man's got himself in. Cody <laughs> gets that reaction every week, so I'm going to go back. Is, to I need to see this now. Yeah. Right. Uh, Gable Gunther 40 is a must. Andrade... Oh, my God, Joe. Did you see the Andrade video package last week? Yeah, he's a real <laughs> Latino man. Real Latino man. So I don't know who he's going for. There's a chance he goes after Gunther, but I think Gable's the match at this point. Gunther, uh, Braun has moved to SmackDown, so it's looking like Gable. He's beating him on the house shows via DQ now, which is awesome. So uh, Chad tweeted. He said that, um, listen, Mania's road to WrestleMania is full of ups and downs, but at the end of the day, like all you need is momentum, and I start mine tonight. So uh, we're on the road to Gable Mania. Uh. Corey David, $2, appreciate Yeah, How's Oberfemi and Braun got more aura than Wardlaw? It's just, a, that's a... Oberfemi and Braun Breaker, where we are. You know, they've got God-given gifts, you know? It's an unfair comparison to most wrestlers, you know? So, that's what I'll say about that. What about you, Joe Hulbert? <laughs> um, yeah, something like that. Sounds right, what you said, I think. The, uh... <laughs> I don't think I've seen Oberfemi wrestle yet, so I can't really comment. Braun Breaker, he hits wrestling moves and then like yells in triumph. Can't <laughs> beat that. We're being honest when it comes to aura. So, wait, you said you said who does it, Oba or or Braun? Braun. He oh, does yeah. the Steiner thing, right? He does yeah. it like he pumps himself up when he hits a move. I don't remember this, Joe? But I pointed this out maybe a year ago, and Braun was like kind of down in the dumps. Remember that weird stretch when Braun was kind of like it was kind yeah. of in weird room. I pointed out how like. 
he's not the same because he stopped doing that thing that he did when he first showed up where he would do like a spine buster or something or he'd do a slam or a throw and right after doing it because he didn't like fill he hasn't he didn't know how to fill in the gaps yet he would just yell you know he just ah! you know just fucking play. <laughs> <laughs> he's brought it back now while, while being a more seasoned wrestler before his spear on last week's tag he literally was in the corner and the camera's panning on him and they obviously instructed him to make a face but he's bronze so he's just like <gasps> and then he fucking just charged at him so oh, what a beast more wrestlers should just do that I don't know what, I don't know if you know this Joe I was, I was talking to a wrestler friend of mine and they said that trainers tell you like don't do that and I'm like why I want I want my wrestlers to scream and power up. Can can more wrestlers do this, please? We'd be back to a more proper sport if we did this again. <laughs> they do it in New Japan, you know. Sebastian Lozano, one ninety nine. Appreciate it. Zuba's top dollar. Vani Rasapuris collab win. Never, Never on this channel. <laughs> Especially yeah, that no. that. Is that specific combination? <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance, bro. Uh, Darren Walker, five pounds. Appreciate you. Monty, now, Tiffany, on the main roster, you need an NXT female star bandwagon. I suggest Jada Parker. She's the new Sasha. I'm sure you and Ibu can co-sign this. I can't. Jesus. I can't co-sign that. Bro. I co-signed everything about you. <laughs> All right, this is a... These are the things we do when we ain't got a collision to review, you know? <laughs> Who is on the current NXT roster? Oh, oh my God. Oh, Where's she doing I... this? Okay. Right. <laughs> I wonder how many times on WrestleFerious Worldwide I've done, I said that exact sentence. <laughs> Let's pull up the NXT roster. You know? <laughs> um, all right. NXT. Uh, Down South Sling. Rolling with these hustlers. I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's not the same. It's not the same class as before, brother. You know? <laughs> I'm struggling. You know, Lola Voice is the current WrestlePurist rookie of the year, so. Knockout artist. Lola Voice. You know, Best like, pure it, feels, it feels like a bit of a uh, cop out it's answer, too, though. It's too easy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kalani Jordan's been a good rookie. Uh, Sol Ruka's back from injury. God bless. Uh, <laughs> Satamora, you know. <laughs> upcoming <laughs> upcoming talent down in NXT. She is sitting in Japan like, man, what a gig. You know? <laughs> is she gig. actually back in Japan? Do we know? Yeah. She's running Sendai Girls. They just they just let her run it and she gets paid. Wow. That is sure. We have to do some thinking about that. So when I when was the last time she was on TV? When I like like the spring of last year, when I when I when I asked what happened with Mako, what they said was that her deal does not require her to live in the United States. She does not want to live in Orlando, and she has the privilege to be able to continue running her own promotion. That fucking rules, man. Yeah, good for her. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and, and it was one of those, hey, if you need me, call me in. I'll do a taping, you know, and then I'll go back to fucking Japan. Sweet. <laughs> Kaden Lee, 199. Joe, you're going to watch Madam Web. Unfortunately, the reviews are so bad that I really have no choice. I'm a wrestling fan. My fate is sealed. Like, when, <laughs> when reviews are that bad, like, I have to see it. 
It's one of those <laughs> situations, you know. I, I don't like it about myself. It just is what it is. Uh, Shotan Spurs, $2. Appreciate you as always. Joe, who is pro wrestling's Paul Giamatti? Giamatti? I don't oh know who God. it is, so forgive me. Um, oh, that's really, that's, shit, that's a really good question. I wish who I had more he? prep time. He's oh. the star of, um, you, he's one of those guys you've definitely seen in films without realizing it. He's yeah. the star of The Holdovers, which is the big, is in the, is in the award conversation right now. Um, if you Googled him on it, you'd recognize him, I think. Oh, he's in Straight Outta Compton. Yes, he is. He's, he's Jerry Heller in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah. He's fucking awesome in there. He's, he's a Cinderella, Cinderella man. man. There you go. <laughs> he was in Big Fat Liar. He's been. He's he's one of those guys who shows on everything. I think if I'm feeling some, I don't know if this does him justice. I'm feeling some double A. You know, like <laughs> so selfless, so good at being a role guy. But when you put him in a bigger spot, he shines bright because he's that good. I think yep. that's that's this. Yeah, that's Paul. Anyone, anyone similar hair too. <laughs> similar hair. Fun fact. I uh. Me simply saying the name of his movie, Big Fat Liar, earned me my first suspension in school ever. Because uh, the kid <laughs> heard it out of context and thought I was calling someone a big fat liar. And uh, at the age of what it was, was, like maybe six, I got suspended. What a shame. Uh, Sanganda, uh, 35 Zar, Z-A-R. Um, apologies. Interested to see if Randy Orton... Uh, Bron Breaker play any role in the Bloodline story. Bron because of Heyman, Orton because of Cody and Dusty Toys, plus all our second and third generation. Hmm. Bron versus Randy would be funny <laughs> as a feud. You know what, man? Randy being um, what if Randy was like Triple H's guy against The Rock? I'm not saying the match would be good, but as like a moment, it'd be pretty cool, right? Here's the thing, Joe. Let's, let's share the ring. It'd be interesting, Joe. As we've now seen with the sample size, what's the right amount of time a Randy Orton match should go right now? About three minutes fifty. <laughs> <laughs> now let's now let's think about it. saying that as a big fan as well. You know? <laughs> <Huge> <laughs> fan. <laughs> Ron Breaker in an explosive three fifty or, or, or yeah, or that's. You know? that, they could have a killer sprint, like where he catches him in an RKO. Brom rolls oh. to the floor. Oh, yeah, they, no, they, I, I like the super chat a lot. Actually, it's a good call. They should do what Brock and Goldberg did in 2017. I mean, that'd be very, very cool. Yeah, I'd be a little worried. I will say, like, the one issue with Bron and Randy is one of Bron's appeals is that he's kind of wild, and I think they're being very careful, careful with Randy in that regard. Right? So we'll see. True, he's no Parker, you know. So yeah. Darren KG, one ninety nine. Appreciate it as always. Do I need to see that forty so forty seven minute British match? It depends I'm on your sure. Depends on your taste. A lot of people think it's it's one of the matches of the year, if not the match of the year. It's highly rated on Cage Match. Osprey's in it. If you here's the thing: Do you enjoy Will Osprey? Because if you enjoy Will Osprey and Will Osprey's epic format, then I would say yes, because this is a heated Will Osprey match that went forty seven minutes and had all the theatrics and it was really dramatic and heated and had the crazy counters and finishers. So if that's your thing, if that's what you enjoy, then absolutely seek it out. Uh, if that's something you're, you've, you have uh, filled your appetite for and you don't necessarily have an appetite for that type of thing specifically at this point in time, then I wouldn't say run it, run out of your way to go check it out. Cause you know, you're going to get more of that relatively soon. I'd imagine from Will Ospreay as he's coming to AEW. So it totally depends on your taste, Aaron. What's your taste, Dibba? 
You know, that's why Darren's asking here. What did you think of the match? What Does did Darren I... Cajun need to see this, you know? What did yeah. you think of it? That's what the people want to know. It's what people come to WrestlePurious Worldwide for, you know. They want to know what's on your mind, Ibo. Do people really want to know my opinion? I mean, my opinion is that... Um, <laughs> my opinion... You're a piece of shit. My opinion is that Will Ospreay is an exceptional professional wrestler and a hell of an athlete. And I admire his... Um, the fact that there's no drop-off in effort level where he works. He wrestles in new japan and aew and the british indies with the same level of effort everywhere there's never a drop off or a i'm too cool for school or too big for this place and he clearly takes pride in his work in rev pro and what i will say about this match is that it absolutely felt big and important when it started it felt like it this really mattered to the people that were in attendance for this match and the weight of the whole story and everything came together and so the biggest strength of the match to me is that it was ultra heated uh, the people were very into the story. To me, it actually felt like a UK version of Roman versus Sami, a UK indie version of Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Um, except in here, the good guy, the underdog, got the win. Uh, I'm not the biggest Michael Loku fan, Monty, personally. I'm not the biggest Michael Loku fan. Uh, I think I think it, it's very much a, a guy plugged in to a thing that was set up for him when it comes to this matchup. Uh, but nevertheless, he was serviceable enough and these people love him and have a connection with him. And so it resulted in a great match. It was a great match. It wasn't a match that I'm going to rewatch because the whole 2019 NXT style, like super main event with the crazy counters and like a 17 minute closing stretch and like the, you know, the smoke and mirrors and the girlfriend getting beat up and all of that type of stuff. Um, I, I don't hate it. It's just, I, I've seen enough of that to last a lifetime. So it's not my thing. It's not what I'm seeking. Uh, but it was still great nonetheless. So, again, if you like Will Osprey, you should check it out because he's tremendous. And he, he was tremendous here. Interesting. Interesting. What did you think, Monty? Yeah, I didn't really like it. Um... Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, Osprey. Genuinely do. I think he's great. Um, wasn't super high on the first Oku match. Not as high as what the consensus seems to be of this match. Um, yeah, it was a lot. It's kind of exhausting by the end of it. But, you know, you live to fight another day. He's going to AEW. Very excited to see him there. And uh, Rev Pro obviously believed quite a lot in Marco Loku, so good for him, you know? <laughs> These comments are killing me. <laughs> we had discussion before the show about this <laughs> this segment because I didn't see the match and <laughs> it's explained to me that may change the dynamic and now I've seen it in action and I get it. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to watching the matches, fellas. My bad. That was that was an incredible, <laughs> incredible roller coaster we just took there. <laughs> you, know, you know that meme, you know that meme where like it's a split screen and like one side is the guy like waffling and the other guy says something short and they're the based one and it's like me was the paragraph and Monty was like it's bad and it's just like you basically like inadvertently threw up a lob for Monty there because I think if you'd have asked first he wouldn't have answered like that but it was you'd like open the door at that point and basically said you didn't love it so he was like fuck it I'll just I'll I'll throw the punch who cares I I, want to make it clear and reiterate that I, I, I I do think it is a really good wrestling match. You liked the match. I, I'll say, look, I can say this much. Mm-hmm. There are some times we're more polite than we have to be at professional wrestling, but I know Ibu's actual take on the match. 
and he thought Osprey was incredible, and he thought it was a very good match. You rated it very well. Seriously, yes. I don't know what Monty gave. You I, liked it more than Monty. I think that's pretty it, clear it, from the conversation all, we just had. It all came together in, in spite of the fact that I, I don't think that much of Michael Oku. As, 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 yeah. As, yeah. It's kind of kind of my my my, my read on it. There you have it, folks. We'll, we'll get a review out of Joe Hall, but six months from yeah. now, you know, yeah, one day when no. the coast is clear, and you can just kind of slide it in. <laughs> when it's award season, I'll put in between some FTR matches or something. I think I actually gave it a one. I'm just gonna expose. No, me Dido. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have, uh, for anyone wondering, that wouldn't have counted towards our rating anyway. Because yeah. anyone, who, anyone who goes like just ridiculous, you know, we just kind of just be like, come on. <laughs> but, um, you know, like a one star match is, uh, <laughs> you know, Jesus Christ. Did you guys see uh, Dave Meltzer say that Osprey is way better than Kensuke Sasaki? I saw a lot of people talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I, a lot of people I, talking about. A lot of people were just like jumping for reactions, positive or negative. I like like an idiot sincerely engaged with Dave in replies. And as you guys know, sincerely engaging with Dave will not get you a reply from Dave. Uh, he he replies to you when you're a bot with three followers and you're like trolling him. Uh, but I, what I was trying to to elaborate to Dave was essentially like, uh, there's nothing wrong with thinking Osprey's better than Sasaki, but but I do think Sasaki is great enough that. I can absolutely see someone subjectively thinking he's certainly better than Will, you know, uh, but because because he did word and frame it like, oh, what the fuck? Like he's, he blows a guy out of the water. And it was kind of like, I don't I mean, maybe he does. But like, I don't know. Kensuke was pretty fucking awesome in his prime. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't just I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I feel like when somebody is great enough or if, if, if someone like if an individual wrestler is at a certain level. Nobody overtly, I think, objectively blows them out the water. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once There's a top tier of pro wrestlers. Just... Right. Right. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of my thing. I think once once someone's like an, an A or a higher, like I can see anybody subjectively finding them to be like the best wrestler to them. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Push one ninety nine. Uh, he asked TNA wrestlers asking out. Wow. Uh, Sean Ross that reported earlier, but. Um, Steve Macklin, his contract's almost up, or is up. Can't remember. I can't. Let me just double check that. Uh, yeah, Steve Macklin's TNA contract is up this year. Uh, it's set to expire in May. So that's Macklin. Um, a few, a few wrestlers are tweeting. What, what are they called? Time glasses. What are they called? I've completely forgot. Come on, someone help me. <laughs> the sands of time, <laughs> the hourglass. There we go. I knew I was just blanking, and Joe just even was just sat there in silence. He's meant to be the poetic one. Wait, what happened? Hourglass. He's waking up. From we his... we got we got there. Don't worry, we got there. Two British idiots doing a professional yeah. wrestling podcast. That's how we um, do podcast name. Two British idiots. <laughs> But yeah, man, Steve Maxine, I think uh, Speedball did a tweet, Alexander did a tweet. Alexander did sign a new contract in like, 2022, though, I believe. So, um, I don't know, man. Like, obviously, yeah, I think everybody's keeping up with DNA. He's aware that a lot of the talent aren't happy about Scott DMO getting fired. So, who knows how it plays out? I'm sure everyone's probably seen, um, you know, the letter, <laughs> the letter that was sent to Anthem. 
they're not happy, man. So who knows? What do you who think knows? the market is for Steve Macklin? It's it's tough because I, I think that he's absolutely made something out of himself in Impact. I agree. And and that's the good side of Impact is when somebody who wasn't particularly valued anywhere goes there and makes something of themselves. And I think he turned into a, a top guy within Impact. And I, I, I do like Steve Macklin. I don't know where he fits, where he can be presented at the same level, because I think part of his appeal and his gimmick and presentation is him kind of mauling dudes. And would he be yeah. afforded the opportunity to be presented like that in WWE? Again, where he's 36, so he can't go to NXT. Can he do that in WWE? I don't think so. Uh, AEW, would they push him to that level? No, I don't think so. And so it's like, okay, do you go to Japan? I don't think his style even fits over there. So to be honest with you, I don't know what the market is, but I think Impact is the place where he should stick around. If they're willing to just give him a raise, I think he should take it. Yeah, I agree. It's a shame Ring of Honor is not a real promotion anymore, you know? Right. So it's, just, it's, the me- it's the fun memories of one. The very, very fun memories of one, you know? But to put on all these... You know, we. I mean, weekly speaking, it's not like it's not like you don't feel like it's a real show that exists in the world at the moment. So, you know, but you know, I think I do tend to agree, Steve Macklin. If they do offer, if TNA do make him a nice offer, and he isn't completely, you know, falling off a cliff with Scott Moore's departure, then yeah, so. It's a nice place for him to get presented like one of the top, you know, in that top yeah. tier, you yeah. know, which Lord Ibu say kind of helps with his presentation currently. So, you know, uh, Will Chisholm, $5, appreciate you. I know Roman is turning heel, but I don't know about that. Right? What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know Bailey pulled it off. Do you mean turning baby face? Bailey pulled it off, but Roxanne sounds like she's cutting a promo for Disney Plus. This is just, this took three violent times. <laughs> I know, Roman. Starting with Roman and ending with Roxanne is incredible. Um, wait, what's his, wait what, what's the point he's making? Roman is turning. Just scraps, bro. He's just saying fucking scraps. Roman, Roman already is a heel. What? No, he meant, I think he means babyface. Because he says in the I next mean, sentence, Bailey pulled it off, which is going from heel to babyface. So. Okay. But but, Roxanne... Then he says, but. Roxanne sounds like she's cutting a promo for Disney Plus. What's the relation? I don't. <laughs> does there have to be one? Can't he just get his shit off? Roxanne does sound like she's cutting a promo from Disney Plus. Yeah, he's not wrong. Um, Bailey pulled it off. That's also crazy. Pulled it off. Two for free. I know Rock, <laughs> I know Rock well? is turning heel. That's what some people in the chat are suggesting now. I know Rock is turning heel, but I don't know about that. I know Bailey pulled it off, but. He still says he still says Roxanne. So even if he did mean to put Rock, he failed. People anyway, are... <laughs> oh on. it's done, Joe. Forget <laughs> it, okay. Rock. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Superplex Rock needs need to see both reactions. <laughs> that would Randy's be uh... agony for both fellas. They're both going to the hospital. Yeah, they're both going up, to... you know. They wouldn't need to hit any moves in a match, though, dude. They could just, like, stare at each other. <laughs> if Rock can take the power slam, they'll be fine. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, what I, you know what I was doing the other day? On Discord, just watching a bunch of Rock matches. And what, what we really gravitated towards, me and the crew, was Rock's TV stuff. Because, like, and this is not new from new information, but, like, his 
from like 2000 onward, he's just incredible. I watched this TV match, Joe. It was him in the Tacoma Dome, 17,000 on SmackDown. And he had a handicap match. It was him versus Christian and Edge. And if he won, he'd become the, the number one contender for the WWF Championship. This match went six minutes, Joe, and had no rest spots and was like a near four-star match. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not being hyperbolic. It has an eight point like two on cage match. I've never seen this. It's fucking remarkable. That era was very good at the, the short TV match, the action packed, but still logical TV match. I was I very good at it. I was telling my friend what it is, is it hits all the high notes that a bigger match or a broader match would have, but with nothing in between. Yeah, and trims the fat. Yeah. It was like crack cocaine. There's another one, Joe. Rock and Austin versus Regal and Angle. On a SmackDown, glorious. Oh, The Rock was real. Like, and we never wavered on it. We talked about it a lot, but The Rock as an actual in-ring worker is genuinely underrated. I think. Fucking fantastic. Great timing, great feel for it. Like, obviously, as you'd expect, considering the way he does everything, it was very theatrical. But it fit the time. It fit his character. Mm-hmm. His offense <laughs> looked good for the most part. You know, He's so much better bell to bell than Roman Reigns. <laughs> I. Babyface Roman Reigns was, you was can, pretty good. Was pretty if, good. Yeah, if you can separate him from everything surrounding, I know that's hard because the Babyface Roman Reigns era was dreadful for other reasons. But his actual work was he was very good, genuinely. Yeah. Look what he did with Braun Strowman, bro. That Braun was very green at the time. Yeah, no, Babyface Roman yeah. was good rest. He was a good wrestler. I thought. I think Dwayne, like two thousand to two thousand two, was a great wrestler. Yeah, I get it. Kyle. With the uh, $50 MX, uh, you can just say, oh, I think Osprey sucks, Ibu, it's fine. I don't think Osprey sucks. I think Osprey's really good. <laughs> I think he's really, really good. Half, five, Euro, appreciate you. Wild to say Zack Sabre Jr. pops me more than Will, question mark, and by a fairly wide margin. Will, in my opinion, tries way too hard to have great matches whenever I watch. Well, the thing is with Zack Sabre Jr., I was saying this before the show, you know, I love a specialist. Zack Sabre Jr. is definitely a specialist. So if Zack Sabre Jr. ticks all your boxes, then you wouldn't surprise me if he's your favourite wrestler, other than, you know, he's some people's favourite, absolute favourite wrestler. He's the best technical wrestler in the world. I think he has been for years now. I know, like, Brian's had, like, the moniker of it, but when it comes to literally just straight technical wrestling, how he implements them in their matches week to week, sometimes more than once a week, because obviously he's wrestling in Japan, um, I think Zach's been the best at it for, like I said, a few, a few years now, to be honest, so. This Super Chat from Harv is so sad, bro. Like, like the fact that, like, people, like, are, like, like afraid to just, like, have an opinion that's, like, Slightly different than like the supposed. I don't majority. think he sounds afraid. No, but let me let me explain. <laughs> we know that Harvey's being sincere and he's not trolling, and he knows that. And so, if you know that you're being sincere, and this is just how you feel about the wrestling that you're consuming, who gives a fuck if you think if you like Zack Saber Jr. more than Will Ospreay? And I'm not saying he's fucking shivering, but like it's like, bro, just like it's your it's your opinion, man. You know, like you're gonna like some people more than other people. And even if, even if, you know, Dave says something about Will or someone says something about this guy, that's, you know, it's just, it's, it's wrestling. ZSJ is one of the greatest wrestlers I've ever seen. Straight up. He's very good. 
He's very good. Um, but yeah, man. Will Chisholm, five dollars. Appreciate you again. It feels like Triple H knew what was going to happen to TNA. <laughs> we need to have a conversation. It does pop me like the random way that you just shoot stuff at us, you know. Um, anyway. It feels like Triple H knew what was going to happen to TNA. That's why he wanted Jordan to be in the Rumble. Tried to butter her up to see how good WWE is. <laughs> I mean... I picture Will Chisholm looking like Tommy Chong. Like he just, you know... That's so random. Hunter the band. Alright, so did Triple H know what was going to happen with TNA? By that, do you mean firing Scott Dillamore? Um... <laughs> Uh, it would be, be fascinating if he did because I don't know what he would really gain from that. Really, I don't. <laughs> that means he would. That means he would have knew before. I, I believe. I believe Scott knew. The reports suggest that Scott right, knew. But I like, think it was ten days before. You know, if he knew so. Scott was leaving, he wouldn't have to worry so much about quote um, buttering up Jordan Grace and showing her how good WWE is, right? Because it would be a lot easier. You want to know why I don't think he knew? He what? wanted he wanted Scott to be his little buddy. Has nothing to do with him. <laughs> well, that well, well, he, he knew about what was going down with Rossi and Stardom. Like he one hundred percent knew months in advance about that. That was just be fair though. That was out there a lot more than Scott the Morphing was. Sure. A lot of people were talking about the Rossi thing. There was no, obviously he knew, but I can sincerely say I did not hear a whisper about Scott the Morphing. I don't think any of us did. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. That happened very suddenly. Even if internally it didn't, you know. Sure. I guess what I'm getting at is. He wanted Scott to be his little buddy, and he actually wanted to like potentially like grow a, a, an impact relationship of some kind. In fact, uh, Jordan Grace was under the impression that she was going to do a, a couple more dates for WWE. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stephen Casson, one ninety nine. Appreciate you. Who does Mercedes feud with first? Slash, how does it go? I'm growing. I'm growing more fond of the idea of Diana Peraza beating Tony and having Mercedes take the belt off Diana. So am I. I like that idea more too, but I think it's going to be Tony. I just which Mercedes, I have some issues with, you know. Mercedes Monet in the Tony verse, you know, it's it's a little spooky, but um, I'm not writing it off. It just no. concerns me, you know. <laughs> which I think if she if she's going to work with Tony, I think her first match will be with Mariah. Right, that would make sense. So, that could be a killer match. So, I don't know. At this point, I'm just ready to like get to that point, that step. You know, it feels like we've been speculating upon Mercedes the first part of it for so long that we've kind of <laughs> we've gone in circles with it. You know, it's like, like the one thing that really does genuinely intrigue me is: does she wrestle on Big Business, or is she making an appearance on Big Business? Well, I would suggest the match. Personally. I think they'll do an appearance, and I would do them. I'd do a match. I think the next week they're in Toronto, and they're still. I think they're still under three thousand four hundred tickets for that, which is like right. So just do a match when it feels big time. Yeah, do a match. Do a match. I'd do a match in Toronto and try to sell some tickets. To be honest, but you know, you sign a big star, yeah. get them selling tickets, brother. You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Well, uh, 
Let's keep it moving. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the weekend. Let's talk about the weekend because that's what we do. Even though we had no collision, it was very heartbreaking. We did have Dwayne the Rock Johnson on SmackDown, uh, so we'll start with SmackDown, 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 and Nick Aldis. He was putting in that work. He brought Russell Puris and Joe Hall, but uh, you know he was he's, he's doing what he can with these free agents, Jake Cargill and Bron Breaker. We seen him backstage trying to talk with them. They both had contracts. Uh, we know that Bron Breaker signed said contract as Nick Aldis came out, presented his new signing. Very, very happy with himself. There was a video package narrated by the one and only Paul Heyman, which, you know, I'm sure many people remember Ibu many months ago said Paul Heyman had an unorthodox pitch for Bron Breaker. Ibu, do you think this is that pitch slowly coming to fruition? I absolutely do. When Braun was trying to consider Raw or SmackDown and he was talking to Paul Levesque over it, Paul Heyman came in and shook his hand and uh, gave him a snide little uh, almost evil grin when he when he shook his hand. But, um, yeah, it looks like this is coming together. I thought the, the, the handling of this and the presentation of this was, was, was as the Brits say, class. Um, throughout the night, Braun Breaker was seen in the press box watching SmackDown with Nick Aldis uh, as he was being his services were being courted. Um, later on, we saw inside that press box from that point of view, in that VIP section, uh, he was looking over the documents and he folded the envelope. And uh, ultimately, Nick Aldis came out and revealed that Braun Breaker was the big new signing of SmackDown and was treated as one of the biggest free agent signings in the history of the company. So um, if you remember, Monty, when the draft happened, once Braun didn't get drafted in like the first four rounds, you were like, I actually don't want it to happen like this. I, I would like him to be a big, you know, get a big rollout, a yeah. big presentation. And uh, that's what they're doing. They're treating him like he's 2003 LeBron James. You know, it's the chosen one coming into the league. And uh, that's how it should be. That's how it should be for guys his caliber. Um, and quite frankly, I think more wrestling companies need to grow a set of balls and make new stars and uh, give people the rockets. Just bring back rocket ship pushes. You know, I, I think that generally they're actually a good thing. Um, I, I actually respect booking with conviction. And this, again, like I said, this goes across like, every company that I consume. Um, it, it's worked for CML. So WWE, you look at their main roster, and most of these people are anywhere from 37 to 43. So giving this 26-year-old fucking stud uh, a, a big push, a big rollout, a big presentation is a good thing. And I'm really high on Braun, so I'm excited to see how he does on SmackDown. Yeah, man, you know, I think I think Braun's a very exce- I think he's an exceptional talent, to be honest. And uh, you know, there's I think there's been some other some others some of the NXT call-ups under Triple H have been kind of like, you know, they've been quite... But look, look, Austin Theory and Grayson Waller, they're all, you know, they're on most episodes of TV and they're always kind of doing something. And it's like, you know, if that's kind of like what you can do with like young talents of that calibre, you know, when you when you bring, when you you bring start bringing up your Brown Breakers, your Carmelo Hayes, your Tiffany Strattons, one would... You know, you wouldn't blame someone for being quite optimistic that they're going to go quite a distance further than them. And if they're TV regulars, then surely, especially for those three just named, more so probably Tiffany and Brian, to be honest. But you know, they're I think they I think they can do very, 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 very well on the main roster. So fired up for it. I think Brian you know what's funny, you know funny about these guys? I saw someone tweeting, someone made a tweet basically saying that Tiff had her first match on TV in 2021 and now she's going to be in the chamber. And someone quoted this acting like that was a bad thing and said like, y'all mean to tell me Tiffany's not an industry plant? And I'm like, 
do people not know how pushes work and developmental work? That is a good thing. You to take someone in your developmental, get them going, and progress from point A to point B to point C over the course of three years. If Tiffany Stratton was still in the same spot she was in in 2021, then you're not doing your job, you know. And so, like, like that's how this that's how this was always supposed to work. That's how it always did work in pro wrestling. Uh, and like I said, more booking with conviction should be done across the board. The Creed, the Creed brothers should be tag champions by next year, you know, and so on and so forth when you go down the line with some of these guys. Otherwise, you, you wasted your time in developmental. So, Well, you know, especially it's, everything's talent for talent as well. It's like Tiffany Stratton is um, – she, she progressed and picked it up really, really fast. I think it was quite evident pretty early on. In her NXT career, to be honest, even when she had like the more like, you know, even when she was even more gimmicky and she was talking about dad's credit card and doing all that nonsense, you know, like you could kind of see underneath that as well. If you was like, you know, paying attention back then, which I know a lot of people weren't because obviously the gimmick was a bit off putting and stuff. So, division needs it needs new players too. You know, it's like it's these pushes don't operate in a vacuum either. It's like. It doesn't take a, a genius to look at the women's division and realize that being able to add someone who can be immediately heated up to being like an actual player in the title scenes is good, right? We need that. It's like otherwise, everyone's going to keep going in circles. It's important. So yeah, you could have. I mean, you saw her coming from a mile away that she was going to get a big push out of the gate because that's the whole reason you bring her up. You don't bring her up so she can be mid card of twenty five, right? Oh it's no, just, you push her. And if the push doesn't work, then you go back a step. But if it works, keep going. If you call her up and she wasn't in the chamber, I'd be saying, what the fuck are they doing? You know, so uh, that, that's how it's supposed to go. And this is not super related, but I was talking to someone at AEW about this, about how, because they were saying to me that, like, they do want one of their goals creatively for this year is to kind of pick out some young wrestlers in the roster and try to take them by the end of the year at a spot on the card that they higher than they were before. And that is one thing, as, as consistently good as AEW's product is and as, as, as amazing as the wrestling tends to always be, um, that, like, next tier of guys that haven't broken out to the, like, the top tier, I don't, I'm not going to say, like, there's, like, a hard glass ceiling on, on uh, it, separating them, but it, it does feel like, like, on the younger side, like, the, you know, the Dantes, like, the top flights of the world and those types of dudes. Uh, um, I don't want to say that they're running in place, but it actually, it does feel like, if you go backwards, maybe a couple of years, it does feel like a lot of them are in that same spot of like, oh man, he has a hell of a lot, he has a lot of potential, he's a good worker, he's really fun, you know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. it's like, they're the TV match young guy that has exciting matches, and they're in that middle middle part, and I'm not saying all of them, you know, have the chops to be main event guys, but uh, I do think you should start making the effort to try and at least find out who could be that, be in that next tier, you know, so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll take a uh, well, Jay Cargill as well, Nicole. This was doing some business with her, and uh, according to a PW Insider report, I think it was last week, um, Jay Cargill is expected to do some appearances on SmackDown on the lead up to WrestleMania. So, one would think that may suggest that she's going to sign that Nick Aldis deal. Uh, a couple of super chats, four ninety nine from Horse. Appreciate it. Why are they stacking up all the talent on SmackDown? Question mark. Wouldn't it be better for them to be on Raw because that time is more flexible? Because the Raw roster was very stacked as it was, you know. Um, so yeah, I think this is more kind of catch up. So it just feel, you know. <laughs> you remember that? You remember that time, that stretch for SmackDown was literally just like Bloodline featuring like 
some two minute matches here and there. Like it, it was all about like the bloodline. You know, well, that's the other thing too. The bloodline only show up like you know, <laughs> once in a bloom, especially when it's gone past Mania season. You won't see them very much. Like, yeah, so the time like, will change a little bit. They said, I guess we need some wrestlers on here. You know, yeah. In in kayfabe, in kayfabe, Nick Aldis came in, guys, and he signed Kevin Owens, he signed Dragon Lee, he signed Kyrie Sane, he signed Tiffany Stratton, he signed Braun Breaker, he signed Tyler Bate, uh, he signed AOP, uh, and, and I'm probably forgetting a couple more. He is uh, AOP he's... hot market for AOP, brother. Oh, hey, oh <laughs> that that is squash, that is squash on fraud, I <laughs> they kill those song. guys. They used to, their NXT squashes were like watching horror movies, bro. They would fucking murder dudes. It was brutal. <laughs> it really was brutal. Like legit. Oh, it, was, <laughs> it was terrifying. It was like I mean Ellerin must have been getting flashbacks. It was like the old days. But... They, they they cut um we come back from commercial Joe and we just see two unrelated NXT jackasses looking really scared in the corner of the ring. And then like you just cues AOP's team and they just like they don't even do any wrestling moves. You're just kind of throwing them and punching them in like the throat area. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Look at this. Oh, man. Uh, Dime199 says Dragon Lee was getting over the main roster. He was, and now he's got to deal with Oberfemi. So, pray for him, you know? Sean's a selfish bastard, I got to say. Because... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, Monty, the, the new thing that's been happening is, like, Hunter's like, well, I want these people. And Sean's like, well, hold on. You know? He he publicly, when Braun basically declared that he's in the main roster, Shawn Michaels literally was like, hold on. And then he put the tag votes on him. It was like, just fucking leave me, like, move on. You know? But- to be fair to Sean, which is a thing that I didn't expect to say anytime, um, <laughs> two hours live TV is crazy. Like... <laughs> If the triple, I love Triple H's NXT, like especially the first few years of it. But it would have been a very different show if you had two hours live. That's a, that's a crazy thing, man. It's I look at some of those lineups for NXT, and I'm like, it's staggering to me. Some of the he's pretty brave with some of the talent he puts on live TV. You know, it's like God bless him. He even says it in the media calls. He'll just be like, listen, we'll throw you out there. You know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, it doesn't always go right. Because do you remember, like, it was meticulous back in the day. Like, you guys would work from doing losing squash matches to working competitive three-minute matches. Whereas now, it's like sometimes guys would just be out there working 10-minute matches on NXT. It's like... A guy that was, like, in the breakout tournament two months ago. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, look, I I get it from that standpoint. It's like, if you lose Carmelo Hayes and you lose Braun and Tiffany and the Creeds, you know, it's kind of like, fuck, I I gotta put on the show, you know? but. To me, it's like you know. To me, the solution is of course TV. Yeah. It shouldn't just yeah. be on TV. Give it one hour of Peacock, but yeah. Mm. Anyway, SmackDown uh, Chamber matches very close to both of them being set. The men's one is actually set, so Elimination Chambers this weekend, I believe, and uh, the men's match for a number one contender for Seth Rollins. World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania 40 it is Kevin Owens, LA Knight. LA Knight. There we go. Drew McIntyre, <laughs> Randy Orton, Bob Lash, Logan Paul. I watched the LA Knight Drew Mack segment. The big man is back. <laughs> Do you guys remember when they were a faction in TNA? They were with uh, Tama. 
Tongaloa, right? Yeah, the Rising. What was Tongaloa's name in TNA again? Do do we remember? Mika, Mika. <laughs> and they were they were there to revolutionize professional wrestling against the beatdown clan. <laughs> you know. I anyway, a- they had a hell of a segment on SmackDown. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that was just two grown adult men. Shit talk, bro. Talking. Listen. Um, well, I think the the men's chamber, honestly, I think looks looks pretty killer. I, money's about yeah, to run a, down the a, women's chamber, that's, but that's a yeah. hell of a lineup right there. That's bro. a really good lineup. Yeah, KO, really Knight, Drew, Randy Orton, Bob Lash. I'll always pop for some Bob Lash. Oh, you know? Bob Lash beating Jonah was fucking incredible. <laughs> that was unbelievable. That was. I was sitting there thinking, how are they going to do this finish? Because Bob Lash is going to have to lose to Jonah, and then he hit him with a spear and pinned him. Fucking <laughs> killed him and moved once. <laughs> <laughs> and and thing is, Joe, they're building these power spots where Jonah's trying to uh, vertical suplex and he just reverses and the crowd goes crazy for it. All Bobby does to the crowd is just kind of like flex. He's like, ah, and they're like, Bobby, Bobby. And he just, they just love him. He's just a big motherfucker. <laughs> they got to do, I know he's old, but post-mania, they got to find some stuff for Bobby to do that's good and interesting because the people love him, man. They, they still react to Bobby, you know? He should go to do that's what he There's got to be something man. better for him to do. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Every time I see, like he's doing this thing with carrying cross, or he was doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be something better for him to do. But I know they've got a lot of mouths to feed, so it's hard. I uh, like I said, Gato, just uh, just give David Finley's money to Bobby. You know, just uh, you know, <laughs> that ain't gonna be enough money, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Orchestrating a three team trade and, 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 and New Japan acquires Seamus and Bobby Lashley. Oh, getting that New Japan world subscription back up, my brother. You know, that's so much. I'm logging Blast in. Yoda Suji versus uh, versus Bobby Lashley. Sumo Hall, yeah. Uh, we had um. Naomi and Tiffany Stratton both qualified for the women's chamber as well. So I believe the women's chamber is going to end up being bear with me one minute. Becky the Naomi Lynch. match was an interesting watch. It wasn't good. Yeah. Like it was... yeah. I thought it was it's a weird one because these things are gonna kinda of work at odds with each other, but Naomi I thought looked really confident and felt comfortable but the actual work itself the deeper they got in the match i thought it got kind of really messy it was weird yeah funny enough the zelina one was 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 quite good zelina specifically like was like really ambitious in her match against tiffany strand she doesn't she's a trial she she doesn't she does a top rope meteora she you know she did an orihara moonsault to the outside i was like wow okay Uh, (laughs) all right you know santos was ringside just looking really cool which is his biggest talent you know, just ringside with with the guys, just looking really cool. Uh, so, yeah, they should. They should yeah. get, uh, an LWO Legato tag on the the elimination chamber card. Well, women's chamber, we got Becky Lynch, Naomi, uh, Bianca, Tiffany Stratton. Uh, there's someone else. Someone Tip, else. Chat. Read the names out again. Uh, the names that I've got so far are Becky, Bianca. Uh, Becky, Bianca, Tiff, Tiff, Naomi, Liv, Naomi, Liv, 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 right, Liv. Watch her, watch her. Yes, clearly. How could I? How could I do such a thing? That's yeah. a good lineup too. It, 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 and it, a lot of people, a lot of people, obviously, are expecting Jay Cargill to take the last spot in the um 
they're doing like a last chance battle royal kind of thing. So here's the thing, but she's not going to win the match though. So you got to be careful, you know. So that's the thing, Joe. Creative was going back and forth about do we actually pull the trigger on this? And uh, I will say my my like blanket reaction is like, of course you do. Get Jade in there. But then I thought then I, I was challenged in MySpace last night. Funny enough, I was challenged by Monty, Jana, and uh, a friend of ours, Jade. They were the ones who were like, how does Jade get out the match? And I was like, oh, you do a fucking... And they're like, you do a what? And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, how are they done fucking bullshit like DQ? And they're like, they're like, no DQs in the chamber. And I was like, can't you like get a count out on the outside or some, some shit? You know, but finish on her or I don't know. Um <laughs> the only other thing too is with Jade is like it's not so much how you get her out, it's that when she's in, she has to be the centerpiece of the match. I don't think that's and that that may not be that's the best thing for her. It may not necessarily be the best thing for the match. Does that make sense? It's like one of those you have to kind of navigate that. But I mean I'm not if she's in it, I think it'll be exciting. I'm not against it by any means. Becky Becky in the final two with Jade in the fight of her life getting a schoolboy isn't the yeah. worst thing in the world. You know, where it's like a Wardlow Cody type beat. She does a desperation fly off move off the pod. She's giving her everything. She gave her a manhandle slam. Jay kicks out. Bing, bing, boom, boom, bomb. And then, you know, a schoolboy pin. And it's almost like, oh, you know, whatever. And Jade is just like, what the fuck? You you could do that. You could do that. Uh, So listening to the lineup, it's to me sounds like the sixth person is going to be someone who's not in it for very long, to be totally honest. Because that's a, that's a decent lineup you just read through there. So I could be wrong. I mean, I, I like your idea too. It's it's one of those things with Jay where it's like, as long as you have an idea locked in, if she isn't in, this is the important thing, right? It's like, if it ain't Saturday, it needs to be something coming up pretty soon here because she signed like five months ago. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it needs, you know, sooner rather than later. For sure. Mm. I, I, think, I think she's wrestling Bianca at Mania, so... You know. You know you know what I talked myself into, Montel? Once that April of Purus. What I what I talked myself into, Montel, is uh I, I thought I wanted Bianca Jade at Mania. But I thought about the fact that Bianca has never lost at WrestleMania. She's she's the she's the black undertaker of these things. I don't know if you've heard of this. And so I thought about it. Why don't they just let Jade Can wrestled at like three or four? Three? <laughs> yeah, but you know, you gotta keep that thing going, baby. So what you, what I thought about was what oh, if cool. <laughs> what if Jade and Bianca tagged against control? So you keep the streak going, right? What if you play the real long game here and Rhea Ripley retains against Becky Lynch and you go Roman Reigns with her? She goes another year with the championship and you build to in the main event of night two, unless Rock and Roman are doing their match. You build to a night two main event, WrestleMania 41, the undefeated at WrestleMania, Bianca Belair versus the two-year champion, Rhea Ripley. Something's got to give. The indestructible Rhea or the streak, big money, you know what I mean? And uh, and then and, and you just you, you throw the ball up and see, see who wins the game. It's, it, you know, a lot of sacrifices would have to be made to, to adhere to this one-year plan. And that's that's kind of the drawback of long-term planning. But I just thought the idea of that is is very much money. So I like it. Yeah, you know. Mulchism $5, he says, it feels like they're setting up Bianca versus Tiffany at Mania because she keeps taking shots at Bianca and sadly Jade might wrestle Nia Jax at Mania. Nah, I don't think they'll do Jade and Nia at Mania, bro. 
Um, super possible. They should. They should actually. They actually should do that. Could be the best seventy-five second match ever. J- that, that, that's it's the new Hogan Andre. <laughs> They're in a stadium. You make a big fucking moment. Let her pick up this large. Woman. That's my thing. Yeah, it's like she it's just large fucking woman. She gives her a leg drop. You know, she pins her. You make the new modern mythology right there. It's the immortalized image that's in all the video packages. You have people creating lore for this thing. And in all the video packages, you got fucking, you know, R-Truth. And they're like, when I saw Jade and Gorilla just slamming this woman, I was like, man, she's going to be the next big thing. You I make- will say, Bianca and Tiffany mm. could have, like, a serious fucking Clash of the Titans style athletic, physical match, you know, like a back and forth match. I think they could have a killer match. Yeah, I, I agree. Bruh, 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 499, appreciate Yeah, Sean says, oh, you were playing defensive end at Mississippi State eight months ago. How about you go 12 minutes at Dragon on on TV? <laughs> Actual. Six star four ninety nine thoughts on Win Gory versus Shantoya and May Sakurai. Uh, I personally thought it was match of the week with amazing work from Shantoya and Saeed, especially. Uh, yeah, man, we, I think we give it four stars. Wrestle Purist matches of the week. I think it was like second or third highest rated match this week. You know, I got a link from Six Star. Hopefully tomorrow. God bless. Yeah, man, good stuff. Uh, Charlie pointed it out on Twitter, but a lot of our a lot of our weekly ratings, like the top matches, the top four that we tweet, a lot of them are like. Is that me or is the Monty gone? No, it's Monty. Over the US. He's saying about no, the international back, ratings. Back. He's back now. You're back. Yeah, yeah international back. ratings, right? <laughs> um. Yeah, a lot, a lot of our top fours recently have featured international matches, so and it hasn't just been like dominated by WWE and AEW, you know. So, good shit, it's good shit, you know. Expand your horizons, people. Check out our top five, you know. It's um the most important top five in wrestling. Some people, so you know. But anyway, <laughs> people say a lot of things about them. Yeah, but some people say that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. To talk about Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Lisa, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought this was. Uh, I was saying it before we went live, but the content of what he said was, you know, there was some, <laughs> there was some holes in the logic and stuff, and you know, the content wasn't particularly great. But overall, as an as an entire package, this was, you know, he felt big time, and it was just, uh, you know, it popped me quite a lot. But anyway, Roman introduces him, says that he's going to be introduced into the bloodline. You know, he comes out, he's in the vest, immediately I'm popping huge at home. <laughs> Seeing that he's going like full, you know, like going full wheel. And he comes out and he cuts a very, you know, he cuts his he cuts his full heel promo, he took some shots at Cody and you know, he did his thing and you know, this is this is what we're dealing with here. We got the rock in the bloodline and they're standing tall at the moment and they did the pose. Rock, you know, some people are claiming that he didn't get the polls right. I just think he's no, doing he, his own thing, you know. He, he uh, did guns up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, some people think he's gonna. Some people think he's a double agent. You know, there's oh, I hope not, later, bro. You know what's? I what really hope not. On? What we got going on, Joe Hall? What did you well, think of the segment? No, 
The first thing that we have to talk about is that as soon as Dwayne emerged from the curtain, he pointed at his arm to reveal goosebumps, yeah. which is that, that, that's, that's what he does now. That's just what he's he does. He's incredible. He's convinced we want updates on the goosebumps. We I don't know if we do. I mean, I do, but I don't know if anyone else does. Um, so here's the thing, and and I I think we're gonna have to be careful because the more he does these segments, the more we're gonna repeat ourselves. Is the content good? It's not fun. really. But it's like, it's, you know, kind of greatest hits for the most part. Now, there is a novelty to him playing these particular greatest hits, right? Because him doing the heel shtick is like kind of, it is a little bit jarring to see him do it in this in 2024. <laughs> but I just think it's hard not to be charmed by the fact that he's actually embraced this reaction the way he has. And I think anyone who was a fan of The Rock as a professional wrestler, I think has kind of been... Just happy to see that he hasn't completely lost his mind and that kind of wrestling part of his brain still works, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think there was room to be actually concerned that he was going to just double down and march forward and get booed and say, fuck, I don't care. And instead, he's having fun with it. And he's like, he seems to be really enjoying it, honestly. Um, now, as far as the direction, I think it would be a real shame if they did the double agent thing where he's actually a baby face. I think that may be what they do. But I think that's such a waste. I think the material here is like, I think it's way more interesting if we find out after all that he's like the actual, he's the actual monster in that family. You know, Roman loses to Cody and he's just an absolute piece of shit to him about it. And it's like, wait, this dude's different. Like, he, you've yeah, Roman he kicks was out a- Paul Heyman like your pitch, Yeah, like, you know, it's- I think there's so much meat on the bone. And I think the idea that it's just like, oh, swerve, bro, he's a baby face. He's so lame to me. But We'll see what they do, but they've got my interest with it. Like, Dwayne is not going to wow anyone with kind of cutting-edge content at this point, but it's I, really fun to see him doing this. It feels like a video game scenario, man. It's cool. Yeah, I, I think my favorite thing about this is that it's confirmation that Dwayne isn't a complete android yet. Yeah. Because uh, as much as it appeared as if that's where we were headed with him in general, um, the fact that like wrestling pro wrestling fans booing him in 2024 was enough to make him snap and just decide to like play a heel character on television at the age of 52. Uh, it just, it just, it just kind of rocks. Like I said, last week, it's the best type of uh, midlife crisis when it comes to the content. I'm actually fine with this. If this is an introductory chapter to this Godline saga. And what I mean by that is if, because he still has to address the claims that were levied at him by Seth Rollins and, and Paul Levesque on television. And so if we now if he now turns his attention to those people to then build up the story, then it's fine. Because uh, then what I would mean is that this segment existed and, and it functioned to essentially be, hey, I'm a heel again now. Um, and, and so let me, re- let me reestablish that by cutting the signature heel Hollywood rock promo. And so if he did that, and then in, again in chapter two and three, he, like I said, he turns his attention to the neck to, to the people that he should be. Then it's like, then it's that. But if he just takes this as a traveling act and every week it's just kind of like, you know, you guys are in breads and this and that. Then it's like, yeah, he's just kind of doing his derivative material. But what I'll say is even at, even as that, that's more entertaining to me than Rock going, we're going to trend worldwide on Twitter in 10 seconds. I got goosebumps. The Rock has come home and all that type of stuff. You know, uh, PGR Rock is uh, kind of unfortunate. My brother... Um, uh, my brother tends to refer to him anytime he saw him on TV, Monty, he would say, this isn't The Rock, this is Dwayne. Uh, and he was right. That wasn't The Rock, it was Dwayne. Uh, but this was The Rock. When he came out in the Versace fucking uh, cut-off shirt, I was like, oh my God, what the Has fuck? to be said, bro, I love Roman Reigns, I think the world of Roman Reigns, but 
it feel, sure feels different when Dwayne's around, doesn't it? It's a different vibe. Like, <laughs> it's, you know, I wouldn't go as far as say he feels like the little brother, but <laughs> you don't feel like the big brother, I'll tell you that much for sure. It's different, man. Rob, Jimmy in the back. What, what, Jimmy was the highlight of the segment because he was having the time of his life. He was so thrilled that he was standing in front of, of this rock promo live. He was just grinning wide. So, but yeah, it's, I think it is a reminder of like, Roman Reigns is a big time pro wrestling star and he's the top guy in the business, obviously, this last stretch here. The Rock is, you know. Up to headline his eighth WrestleMania, brother. There are very few guys in the history of pro wrestling that can compare to The Rock in in terms of physical presence. And I think you see that right now. It's different. So I I love Rock's introductory heel promos when he turns heel. They're always very memorable. Uh, After he turned heel in 1997, he has a live interview with Jim Ross in the Nation of Domination. And uh, Ron Simmons sets him up with the lob and gives him the mic. And he goes like, die. Rocky die. That's the thanks I get from you pieces of crap. And he cuts his like iconic promo. And then in, in, in 03, um, I was just rewatching it right before the this one. Um, he's in India, Indianapolis. It's his first live promo as Hollywood Rock. And he goes, Do you really want to boo the rock? Do you really want to boo? Is this what we're doing? Do you really want to boo the rock? And then the, and the crowd boos him and he's like, he's like, all right. And he's like, okay, fine, it's fine. And at the end, he does his catch. He's like, yes, smell. Sing along with the rock. It's over. And he does this cat and he did it here again, where he's like, sing along with the rock is over. And uh and he does the catchphrase. So um uh for all the rock fans out there, this is a, a really fun callback there. And uh it's just Dwayne, man. It's Dwayne on TV, it's big time. A bunch of my personal friends hit me up about this and they don't give a shit about wrestling. I check wrestling Twitter and NBA Twitter is tweeting about it. And uh, it's cool. Listen, I have no problem with Rock as long as he's out of Cody Rhodes' way. If he's not fucking with my guy, he can do whatever the fuck he wants, quite frankly. He can never leave. I don't, I'm not, I don't care, you know. Go ahead and take Dragon Lee's time. I don't give a shit, you know. But, yeah. Yeah, in terms of long-term direction and, you know, you want to... Oh, oh, I wanted to take over the bloodline, you know. I've put it in the thumbnail, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I do too. It's, it's, it's the agenda, I'm thinking. But you want him to be, you want him to be Killmonger and Roman as Black Panther. Yeah, I want him to be a complete despicable piece of shit. Eventually. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you have to like. It takes some nuance, and I'm not necessarily sure they would quite capture what I'm seeing in my brain. But like, Roman as a character would have to redeem himself some too, you know. The idea would be that the rock treating Roman that way would like kind of open Roman's eyes. You know, the like if you could circle back to man, there's some great scenarios there, you know. Roman going back to Jay Uso because he needs <laughs> he needs help. Could you imagine that, dude? That would be fucking awesome. And if you handled that correctly and delicately, that could be money. Roman on his own and the one guy he can turn to, the one guy that was actually loyal to him all that time was Jay Uso. Oh, uh, you know what? Oh my god. That's good shit, bro. The, the, I'll tell you what, listen, if the title is, if the actual belt is out of the way, they could do all the Samoan lore they want amongst themselves and like Rock <laughs> probably get super into it and shit. And like you got Rock Joe, just imagine the pre-taped fucking video thing that airs at the beginning where it's Rock talking to the remaining family members and he's just like, High Chief Roman Reigns has been exiled. He has failed this family. I have consulted with Afe and Sika, and they have approved of this decision. I will be the interim head of the, the bloodline. And he's fucking talking to Solo or some shit. Solo's grabbing his thumb intently. Do the thumb grab, Joe. 
the, the thumb grab? I see this. I I, I stare at the spike. Do I, does he grab it too? Doesn't he, he like prepare it sometimes when he's backstage? Where he's kind of just like, does he? Oh no, he sometimes all the those show him in the back taping. He'll be yeah, like, like, you know, some taping. people take the risk. He'll be taping this part. I like when he, I like when he sort of arcs it and stares at it as though he's aware of the danger that's ahead. You know. They do these things where it's like an anime where like it's like there's like aura around his fucking thumb and he's just staring at it, like preparing Dude, it. The one with Orton where he was like looking at his own farm and around he was just like, okay, it's over, it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> just staring at his own farm while the most That's dangerous one of, move in the world. I don't want to say it's one of my favourite moments of the year so far because that would be, you know, that's taking the pieces, isn't it? You know. It's but... true though. They should uh they <laughs> snuck up behind him and he had his thumb ready to go and Randy's just like Oh, I'll just hit my finisher and pin you. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I need? I need anytime any of the Samoans go on a hiatus for it to be explained on air as the elders have ordered them back for training. You know, they go back to the island. I love it when they reference the uh, the elders. You know, yeah. the Solo Sokoa thing still pops me. It's, you know, it would rule if there was a guy in the family that had just become a free agent that was like a really good wrestler. That's kind of a wild guy, you know, that could be framed as like the black sheep of the family. Oh, the boy. rock could. Are you, are, are you imagine about a certain Fatu here, Joel? Yeah, could you imagine? It'd be great if that existed. I don't think that guy exists, obviously, but right, right. That could be money if it was a guy who like could do solo's thing, but better. What? Oh fuck! Oh man, maybe I mean, a moonsault. Maybe you know what you do. Maybe. He's been signed to WWE. Paul Levesque, even though he thinks he's in charge, isn't aware of this, and he's like, "Wait, what the hell? Who signed him? Oh, who? I don't know about him." And then it's just like, "I was sent." I fucking. Uh, by, by, by this, what's Rock's position? What is he? He's a fucking holy chief, king, quick no, king. He's a holy, he's a holy chief. What's his TKO position? Um, oh, he's just he's high chancellor. Board. Perhaps, yeah, he's on, yeah. Board. he's on the board. Yeah, exactly. All you hear is like a fucking uh, Jacob Fatu going, I was sent by the board, and, and Roman's like, What the fuck? and he just rocks on the screen, like, What do you think? Holds the cards, holds the, holds the cards here, Hunter, or some shit. <laughs> I was pondering a Jacob Fatu run in the fan, and I was like, imagine his match with KO. Oh, could you imagine the match those two fellas would have? That's one of those ones where I wish KO could get some juice too. Yeah. Oh, oh, KO with blood versus Jacob Fatu is a TV match. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I am. I'm all in, man. They should, they should do it. One of my favorite promos I remembered was right before Mania last year when it looked like Cody was going to win. This was this promo was awesome. And Heyman is holding Joe. He's holding Roman's two belts on his shoulders, and he's like, "These belts, these belts pump the plasma into the veins of the Anawai Fatu dynasty. <laughs> these belts are the gates. They're the gates in front of the island of relevancy that, that creates this entire empire." And he's using all these fucking euphemisms and shit. But uh, yeah, man, the Anawai Fatu dynasty. Maybe it expands. We'll see what happens. Yeah, man, that was that was SmackDown for the most part. Unless there's anything you want to talk to any boo, anything else? Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's what we're touching on there. Cole then. Anderson. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Cole Anderson, the big man is back. The road to WrestleMania is officially underway. AJ Styles, your day has come. Time to take it back to 2012, brother. So Machine Gun versus the Lone Wolf. Right, They're gonna bust out those sound effects. Be face to face. We're in Philly. 
What was your reaction? 150,000 people reacting to the machine gun Carl Anderson's entrance. It's going to be big time. Big time. He got face-to-face with AJ. AJ snarling and shit. Did you feel the intensity? Did you feel the energy? Oh, there's electricity in the air. This guy, Luke Gallows. Not right now. Not right now. Come on, brother. Brother, hold back, brother. I heard people passed out in the crowd. They were so excited. Well, they're losing their minds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't contain myself. I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, my God. This, how do you not main event this with 9-1? Like, how do you, you know? It's a debate now. People are saying, Joe, it's like it's the Roman and Rock versus Seth and Cody tag. Or you do EO versus Bailey. Or you do Rhea versus uh, versus Becky. Yeah. Or Anderson versus AJ Styles. It's and just, it's a tough choice. Yeah. In all seriousness, if that match on SmackDown gets like <laughs> 10, oh, it's got some juice. I, I think they can have really good. They haven't wrestled a singles match, I think, outside of the G1 in 2014, maybe. Oh. That's the only one, I think. So that'd be cool. 10 years ago, hilariously. Carl, <laughs> it's kind of wild to think about. But lots yeah. happened, you know. I need Carl Anderson cutting that live promo about all the nights in in in, in Rapungi and Sapporo with eight without with Uncle Alan, and I've yeah. always been there for you. You're you're not the you you never been there for me. And AJ on the top of the ramp being like, I don't give a damn. You didn't care when I was crying the bloodline. You were trying to hold out. And Luke Gallows is screaming from like the sideline with Meechin. You know, like, AJ, stop Gallows has to be, like, conflicted, right? If you're going to do it right, ah! he has to be, like, distraught where <laughs> these two brothers are fighting and on me, SmackDown. Like, they go. Yeah. Me, me, Chin is trying to hold AJ back. AJ's like, get off me, woman! You know, and fucking <laughs> Luke Gallows is in the middle. He's like, guys, please, no. You know, let's just drink a brew, brother. You know, please, please, brother, come on. You know? <laughs> in the In the match. Carl Anderson's like on the verge of death in the ring. He's about to get pinned. AJ refuses to pin him. He holds his head up. And then Carl Anderson holds his arm up too sweet to too sweet AJ Styles. Like one, one last time. AJ does it and then picks him up for a Styles clash. Oh, the cinema, you know. Real music. <laughs> yeah, man. Can't wait. Um, Bullet Club line Civil War. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, man. Smackdown. Decent show. A few things worth talking about. Obviously, that's what we've been doing. So, yeah, man. Good stuff. Uh, A few super chats. And uh, and we'll see where we end up. Uh, Hush199, appreciate it. Man, I wish Rock still had his hair and solid burns. (laughs) Do you guys think he could grow his hair if he tried? See, there is something to be said for how like insane he looks though right now, you know? He looks like a terminator. He's <laughs> ridiculous. Johnny one ninety nine, appreciate it, yeah. You three, your very early match of the year. Uh, um, Brian and Zach for me. Yeah, pretty comfortably right now. Brian and Zach or Brian and Okada. Um I don't really have probably one. Brian and Zach to be honest. I don't really have one. I mean, it's too I, early for me, man. You know, I uh, I guess it's Mox and Shingo at the uh, at the Cali show, but like, it's gonna hmm. sound, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking it's that probably, but like, I don't feel extremely like that strongly about any match this year on that level where it's like this. Is, ZSJ Brian was was exceptional though. Yeah, I'd I'd rewatch that version. No, no, no. I, I thought it was... I no, no, it. not because you didn't get it, because it's just one of those matches that, like, the more you watch it, it's one of those ones, there's detail that you get more you watch it, you know? Yeah, well, oh, 100%. Look, look I, yeah. I, I saw it twice, I thought it was exceptional. I guess what I mean is, 
like if I, it, and there's no such thing as objectivity in wrestling, but if, if there was, if I was making an objective list, that's probably one or two for me. I guess what I mean is like, I am not moved <laughs> by any upper level match. There's not been a match that you've, there's moved to the point where you thought that's going to be impossible to top, basically, right? Is the, is the idea. I get it. I that, get it. but also like, I just love this on an enduring multi-week level that I think about regularly. Mm-hmm. The four of one C four ninety nine for mania contract signings. Roman should Roman and Rock have thrown light chairs while Cody and Seth have small kids chairs. Oh my god! <laughs> no, which is five dollars. It's funny. kind of funny that the way WWE can turn Roman babyface is crazy power hungry heel. Rock. Yeah. Now I have to stress again because I know we got had fun with fantasy book in there. That would take some nuance. You can't just flip him because he's been an absolute monster as a character. So it's possible. I don't know if they'll be able to quite do it the way I'm hoping. We'll see. Roman has to stay cool and serious and all that, yeah. all that jazz. Robert, $5. It's funny that Rock, the only one of these guys who was in the Nation of Domination, is the only guy who doesn't do the bloodline Tawi. Correctly. <laughs> well, you know, it's Dwayne. <laughs> does what he wants, right? He does what he wants. Will Chisholm, $5. So, Tamatanga going to come into this oh OC storyline, right? We didn't even consider that. <laughs> oh, oh, oh I, I have, unfortunately. I, uh, all I'll say about that, and this is not a report, but like, if, oh. you, if you remember, regarding Mercedes, I was saying how, like, the writers knew the broad plan of where it was going, and there were kind of, like, holes and blank spaces where they almost interpreted that she's possibly being filled in there. The same has now been ha- has now happened with whatever the plan is for AJ and Carl. And uh, The plan, you say? There is a plan for AJ and Carl. Wait, so we're not even just doing a beer. They're actually treating this like it's, like, going to be a thing. This is fascinating. There's a there's a saga of some kind, and uh, to me, and again, this this is not a report. This is just me guessing. Yeah. I was like, are these fuckers gonna sign Tomatonga, and are they gonna just fucking plug this guy in here? You know? So then, would it be like AJ and Tama versus the Good Brothers? <laughs> I guess that's what I would suggest, right? I guess Carl, Luke, y'all are my real brothers. I'll show you someone who's always been by my side. And you just hear the cue the fucking G-O-D thing. Anyone that used to listen to Talking Shop and is familiar with the interactions between Tamara and AJ, that angle is much funnier than it would be <laughs> to the masses. I can promise you that. And I'll leave it there and we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, man. Um... Tama cutting those weird Tama promos where he's just like, Carl Anderson. He's brief. Lou Gallows. Jesus. Right. Y'all. You know? <laughs> I ain't saying shit about Tama. He beat my ass, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> He would beat the uh, fuck out of all uh, of us. <laughs> oh my um, god. It's uh AW, you know, no collision this weekend. Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, you know, we did have a little old rampage. Got to see the fine Eric's and Dustin Rose tag teaming in Texas, you know, beating some job guys. You know, it's the wholesome stuff, Joe Hall, but you know, yeah. that's what it's all about, mate. <laughs> Texas, we're back. <laughs> you know, Iron Claw international release this past week. You know, yeah. I, I saw it last week, which is just as important. You know, 
I watched the uh, the Heroes of World Class documentary over the weekend. I thought you were going to say Heroes of Wrestling. No, I, I didn't quite get to that yet. But um, <laughs> Gary Hart on Heroes of World Class puts in what I believe to be the greatest documentary performance of all time. Because, of course, he does the the classic wrestling thing of he knew everything that was going to happen before it happens. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry to make light of this situation, but it's just the way he delivers it. I'm not going to do a Gary Hart impression because, God forbid. But everyone, of course, all the wrestling people think Gino, Gino's passing was like conspiracy, right? You know, yeah, yeah. And it cuts to Gary, and Gary just goes, Gino loved the cocaine. And <laughs> I swear to you. The way that this is placed in the documentary is fucking incredible. Like all of the like David Manning's like saying was up with it. I don't know. Didn't make sense to me. And it cuts to Gary, who's very serious and very stern. Gino loved the cocaine. It's like, well, <laughs> for your own conclusion, folks. It's one of the great wrestling documentaries. I haven't seen it in years, Rumble. It's great, yeah. Yeah. You've got the DVD, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, I got the deal. There's, there's another great shot throughout the whole thing. Gary's like smoking, and then one shot he's got this. He's standing in front of a, sitting in front of a door, and there's a sign that says "No smoking" above his head, and it's like, I don't even... what a badass! Yeah. He's, like, he's the best, bro. But yeah, Von Erickson, Texas. You know, it's a beautiful thing. Um, Queen Aminata, she's all elite. She also got a first TV win versus Anna J. Some good Let's stuff go. going on there. Shout out Aminata. You know, mm-hmm. first African born. Uh, first African born son to a major promotion, you know. She's yeah, a good she's woman, Marty. Very good woman, very good, wholesome woman. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, man. Big things ahead for Queen Aminata. So shout out to her. Uh, and also we had the uh, the Jeff Hardy versus Sammy Guevara match, which obviously many people already knew going into it. But Jeff Hardy did unfortunately get injured in this match from a uh, was it a four fifty that Sammy was trying to do. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, he was doing he was doing something athletically impressive until he all of a sudden wasn't when his knee landed on Jeff Hardy's face. You know, it was very unfortunate. Broke his nose. But, uh, yeah, the match itself was it, it wasn't terrible. They did some daredevil stuff. You know, Sammy Guevara obviously he did he did quite uh quite the spot for an episode of Rampage coming off the ladder and stuff. But you know. Yeah. It made um, the Oracle of Wrestling's matches worth watching, Fred. As did <laughs> as did Anna Jay versus Queen Aminata, which was that's notable. <clears throat> Circle that one, folks, in the calendar. Yeah. Mark the day down. But yeah, so yeah, Rampage that was on, and um, yeah, man. See, well, see, we'll do. We got a few injury updates over the weekend as well, so we get into those coming out of that. Um, like I said, Jeff Hardy. Reportedly, all these are reportedly broken nose but no concussion. Uh, Willie Uter is currently injured. Julia Hart's currently injured. Britt Baker is back working hard on her way back soon from injury, reportedly. Edries Nofi uh, picked up an injury last, not last week, the week before in the tag match that he was in. Nikita Lyons is injured again. Rey Mysterio, many people remember that he was hoping to be back for the Royal Rumble. Obviously, evidently that didn't happen, but he is still hoping to be back pretty soon. And Al Hill, Del Fikingo, is reportedly got a meniscus injury in his knee. So quite a lot of injury updates. And, you know, um, 
yeah, hopefully, hopefully some of these people get back as soon as possible. Hopefully all of them get back as soon as possible, yeah. obviously. But, yeah. Um, obviously, some of the updates are more promising than others. So We do miss this Ray Mysterio. There used to be a segment on the show, didn't it, every week? The Ray Jr. victory lap. We miss it. And, 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 then, and then what happened, Joe, was he, like, quietly stopped having those Ray Jr. TV performances. Yeah. And- we all got scared. And, and then his Logan Paul match was, like, not very good. And I was, like, really worried and sad about it. And then I felt better because I was like, oh, his knee is fucked. That's why. And uh, this is just this is just the Ray routine, which is, like, every couple of years he needs to clean his knee up. You know, this happens every couple of years. Uh, you know, as the Ray- he should wrestle Jacob Fato. <laughs> After he's got his knee right, you know, because yeah. if he gets his knee right, then that's a three and, three and three quarter on TV. You know, oh, so. yeah. oh yeah, he had a good one with so dude. He had one of Solo's best matches. It was um, the dynamic worked really well for Solo. Yeah, <laughs> it was Raw, maybe like May or June last year. I don't. It was around that. Do you remember that episode of Raw that they threw together last minute where Ray wrestled Finn? Yes, it was around that season. It was around that range. Yeah, it is because I looked it up. Ray yeah. Solo was April seventeenth, so that it, it, it was either a week before, or a week after. Yeah. Look Tremendous. Sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah, man. Hopefully we got Ray, Ray Mysterio back to 100% for, you know, for Mania season, man. It's, it's Ray's Mysterio. awesome. When he, was in, when he was younger, he was a AAA wrestler because he was literally from AAA. And uh, that was his style. He just did a lot of innovative Lucha Libre spots. And it was cool. And now in his second prime that he's had after cleaning up his knee, he's a CMLL wrestler. I don't have to explain this. I'll do this on the Holbert House show and I'll break down why what I mean. <laughs> he used to be a dynamite guy, now he's a collider. Yeah, exactly. You know. Hi, uh last chance for some super chats before we get out of here because uh Yeah man, we've uh you know, we can recap no collision. It's it's tough, but we did spend a long time doing we spent a lot of time on the super chats today. Before yeah. you do that, guys, if you have a New Japan World subscription, do yourself a favor and watch the fantastic Mania stuff in Corrigan Hall. And uh, watch... Sabarano, WrestleFurious, Wrestle of the Week. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, man. That was cool. But do yourself a favor. <laughs> do yourself a favor. I believe it was Titan versus Brillante Jr., I believe. From that match onward on yesterday's Corrigan show, you should watch that, including the WrestleFurious match uh, rest of the week uh silverano jr versus templario 100 uh yeah. but on today's show atlantis jr and hechicero oh four stars it was like eight minutes oh my god the thing about this match guys is they've been building it throughout the tour in tag matches where they're just chopping each other and doing submission octopus holds and shit and uh tilt the world backbreakers and power slams and two barrel-chested luchadors. One is a heel barrel-chested luchador. The other one's a baby face that does, you know, two-handed chops like Steamboat and, and Tilt-A-Whirl backbreakers. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I, oh, my God. Atlantis Jr. is one of my favorite wrestlers. And um, his big high spot, Joe, his big climactic spot, the dynamic of the match. You know, Okada has that beautifully timed drop kick, and it's like, oh, we're in the fourth yeah. quarter, folks, right? Atlantis Jr. has a power slam. When you hit the ropes, he gets you with it. Get some height on it, real dynamic. Put some stank on that bitch, boom! And it's like, oh my god, we're in the we're in the we're in the fucking we're in the closing stretch here. So we finally get Hechicero versus uh, Atlantis Junior today in Corican Hall, and ah, uh, ah, uh, uh, 
that's that's the game. Moxley, you need to watch this match. You know, you don't be a don't be a mark and watch all that other shit. You know, but watch this match. You know You've I mean? sold me. I'm gonna watch this. Oh. Yeah, you see, you had me at eight minutes. Time actually. It felt like like fifteen. Oh, I think you know. I'm putting sorry, but to cut you off, bro. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. You're gonna recommend a rest purist worldwide <laughs> member a match? You're putting in a rule, you know. It's gotta be under fifteen. <laughs> When it ended, I literally said out loud, "Fuck!" Fuck! <laughs> it ended. It ended with pin counters until one got him, and I was like, "Oh, oh, that was beautiful." That was that was the blow off match of the tour, Joe. An eight minute fucking sprint shootout, lucha shootout. Sounds real, man. It really does. Sounds it was real. Fucking real. <laughs> <laughs> the high spot is like a plancha. <laughs> oh, cross bodies and power slam. Right, Hush, four ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. If Roman and Rock are going to do two man power trip, it feels like Cody has to lose for story's sake. However, it feels like Rock has to turn for Cody to win it. Not necessarily. I think even with the ideas that we've pitched on these shows, Joe especially, is where it's like, you know, that you have the bloodline, you know, the God line, the Rock line, whatever we're calling it. Rock line. They 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 win this supposed tag match against Seth versus Cody. And Roman can't get it done on his own versus Cody Rhodes. Yeah. You know, then, yeah, Rock, then Rock resents him for that and talks him like he's a shit. And on, to him. You know, we have to be fair in saying it's reliant on if Roman wants to do a clean job. Right? That's a, it's a, it's a bit of if. I don't know. If he does, you could even have Roman specifically say to Rock, leave this to me. You know, I did it last yeah. year. It's light work. You, you could, yeah. There's a lot you can do with that. Yeah, man. Twitter process 34 for 499. Appreciate it. I get internet wrestling community groups think think says MJF bad, Joe good. But funny how Joe won the title two months ago and only one match since. Same people who criticize MJF for it are okay with Joe. That's just wrestling, that's just wrestling fans, bro. Yeah, that's I the think game. All yeah. like the Mac stuff obviously got crazy. We talked about it at the time, it got crazy at the end, you know. Yeah, the devil thing was like. It came at the worst possible time because people were already souring on it. And then he did this devil angle that was like a disaster, you know? Here's what it is. When it rains, it pours. Yeah. yeah. Like, never mind. Like you got it. Well, Chisholm, $10. Appreciate you as always. I don't know why, but I got a feeling WWE will put Naomi with Bailey to help her with damage control. I don't hate that. After Mania, because we need Bailey to have some help and the fans love Naomi. I don't hate that either, Will. Will Chisholm's on fire. <laughs> he is, man. That's that's he the is. ultimate goodwill tag team. True. Yeah, man. Bailey's going to need some help. We've uh, we spoke about this, you know. So besides, he's obviously going AEW. So, you know, Bailey's taking on what? Mom. Who knows what Dakota Kai, what they're doing with this Dakota Kai. I think it would actually be quite interesting. Dakota Kai doesn't just do swerve, bro. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who Bailey's friends are, you know. But a lot, a lot of Naomi shout. But anyway, WWE Raw is about to start in just under five minutes. He's opening up with Cody Rose versus Drew McIntyre. So I'm sure everyone's going to want to catch that. Um, appreciate all the super chats that we've got, guys. We've got today, guys. <laughs> Missing up my words on the outro. Um, but yeah, man, back tomorrow. WWE Raw review. 
We got a new we got a new co-host, Tibu. Yes, we do. I announced it on the last Raw review, but uh, if you, in case you missed it, and she was introduced last night again on uh, on my space, but uh, Jonna is joining us, and uh, it'll be myself, her, and Rob, and we'll be talking about what should be a good episode of Monday Night Raw, uh, which is uh, anchored by the Drew McIntyre Cody Rhodes match and uh, Jay Uso challenging Gunther for the IC title. So, should be a good one, and we'll, we'll break it down for you guys tomorrow at two thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, one second. My um, I can't. I can't access the controls, Joe. That's not good because neither of us can. We're here for the rest of the night, folks. Oh, Settle in. Settle in, people. Okay, now we've got it under control now. Okay. Alright, uh, is there anything else I need to plug WWE Raw review tomorrow? Uh, at some point this week, Ibu, I want to do an Elimination Chamber preview predictions. Um, oh, I'm going to try and be there for that. We might try. And because of the timing of Elimination Chamber, there's a very good chance we can do a post-show, to be honest. Um, yeah. So keep an eye out for those. And uh, like I said, WWE Raw review tomorrow. <laughs> um, and, you know, pretty much a usual schedule with some extra... Elimination Chamber preview and review content, I guess. And uh, yeah, check out the girls on Graps episode from yesterday. The girls have been killing it with the first two episodes. Well, the first official episode was yesterday because the episode a few weeks ago was a pilot, Joe Hall. But you know, we do think that, a lot of that around here. That's you know? awesome. We've leveled up really at that point. That's good. You know, well, yeah, shout out girls on Graps. Shout out the raw review coming tomorrow. Shout out you guys for tuning in. Shout out the Super Chatters. Please like and subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate you guys as always. And uh, yeah, man, we'll be back tomorrow. Peace.